afternoon. Thank you for contacting OIA. How may I direct her call? Yeah, I can speak to Becky, please. Um, yeah, just one moment. Thank you. May I tell her who's calling? It's Joey Jingola. Okay, just a moment. Thank you. OIA, we are committed to being a market differentiator for Ohio's independent agents. That's why we are focused on creating resources and perpetuation, recruiting and training, digital marketing, and improving the customer experience. Learn more at ohioinsuranceagents.com. This is Becky. Becky, it's Joey Jingola. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Um, the more successful agencies are willing to let go, if that makes sense. So they're willing to put someone in charge and kind of give them the freedom to put the systems in place or publish the content or, you know, go ahead, go, go do Facebook, just see what happens and not kind of put them under that, that rule of thumb that you get from the carriers sometimes, you know, because the carriers are very cautious in what they allow the agents to publish as well. So I think that translates through the agency principles and, you know, go to an ENO seminar and they, they tell you, don't call yourself a professional. Don't don't do some. Don't position yourself as an expert in certain areas. And so we're trying to be smart, but also kind of fight that stereotype of no. These like be a professional. Position yourself as an expert in these resources. That's that's a good thing. We have to figure out how to help them do that in a smart way. If that makes sense. I mean, if you're not an expert, what are you? And that's my good friend Becky Taylor over at OIA, the Ohio Insurance. Agents Association and yeah, gross, right? We had the, there was, yes, there's probably still a little bit of that going around. And I think, I think we're getting close to just snuffing it out, but don't position yourself as an expert, uh, you know, kind of just, just, oh, just tippy toe, just kind of just, you know, dance around it. Uh, you know, don't, don't actually own the, the, the fact that you know what you're talking about. And this is why somebody needs to do business with you. That's like the only thing the internet is like meant for you to do right that's like the main purpose of your existence on the internet is to show everybody how smart you are and what you know and uh, i'm getting worked up already so uh yes all of the things now i am not one to um make a big deal about things but i just i just really quick really quick i just have to let this uh big number today the show is actually this is episode number 200 um, so basically it just makes me think of how much of my life I've actually wasted, um, saying kind of maybe sometimes entertaining, relatively decent, uh, whatever. Episode 200, uh, glad to make it. It's been a long time. I think we started the podcast um, two years ago, right around this time. I think we launched April 1st of 2016, way back when. I know, I know most, some, however many of you may have only been around since like November, but whatever. Either way, however long you've been, happy to have you. Exciting times. And we're talking about one of my favorite things, and, and I'm glad that this conversation uh, is coming up now. And Becky, it's almost like you listened to the show yesterday talking about you know some of the best you know business owners, the best agencies are willing and able 
and are comfortable enough to empower the people to do the thing, right? It's just, hey, listen, I don't think you're that much of an idiot. I think you can handle this. Go do it. Uh, because, you know, we were talking on last episode with, and I'm just, I'm sorry, just probably a little bit too much Ohio, but, you know, whatever. My fault. I live here. I can't, I just, I know too many good people in Ohio. But uh, on last episode, Danny Kimball over at the O'Neill Group, you know, talking about, yeah, I mean, yeah, she does have to go through some processes. It's not like terrible. She's, you know, doing the things at 20, 19, 20 videos in. So definitely, you know, they've figured that out. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a process, you know, that we're talking about, hey, if you want it to work faster, you've got to let people do their thing. You've got to let them just go run, be able to, I know making mistakes in the insurance world is not something that uh, we are all that comfortable saying. And when it comes to posting something on the internet, it's okay to obviously not coverage mistakes, but like making a, hey, I screwed up. I didn't put the link in, right? You know, just doing the tactical things. It's okay to make those mistakes and we just need to let people make them. And, And I don't know necessarily how to make everybody feel more comfortable about this. I don't. I honestly, I don't. I'm sorry. It's just something that either you need to get comfortable with or somebody in your agency needs to get comfortable with because there will be there will be a time where you're filming a video and there's just like a crumb on your face because, you know, you had, I don't know, a bag of chips before you started filming the video. It's just going to happen. And then, you know, you just got to own it. You either refilm it or, you know, I mean, if you really want to just do the thing, just let it go. Just, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Everybody has a bag of, uh, you know, salt and pepper kettle chips every now and then. I don't know. No one's going to judge you for it. It's okay. It's okay, right? It's okay. Just be that. Okay. I think we get what I'm saying. But yes, Becky, 100% right. If we just had more people that are just, that would just turn people loose and say, listen, you're smart. You can probably figure this out. Go do it and just get results because, I mean, you don't have any choice anymore. You are no longer the gatekeeper to this information. Yeah, well, I personally have a theory that the industry that we're in is different now. Prior to, you know, information being prevalent on the Internet, the agent was the only one who had this type of information. So they didn't need to necessarily be a good business owner to be a successful insurance agent. It's different now. There, you know, everyone has access to information online and so the agent's no longer the keeper of the information. So now they've had to figure out how to be a good business owner and run a profitable business and think about themselves as business owners and not just, you know, a product salesperson. It's a, it's a different world to be an agent in. And so I think what, what we have is a lot of people who are really good producers who are now running agencies who now have to kind of increase their business ownership, business management skills, you know. It is important to know the proper way to manage people and, and teach them how to elevate. And you do have to know marketing. You know, you, you have to know more than just the details of the product that you're selling. So I think that's a big challenge for people. I think the people that acknowledge that, that accept that and, and make themselves better business owners are the ones that are more successful. Careful, Becky. That's a hot take. And how dare you, just how dare you suggest, imply, just even come close to saying anything that might insinuate an insurance agent and or agency owner know anything about marketing. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's outlandish. I can keep going. I'm not. Yes. Like that's, yes. They need to know how to do marketing, they need to know that, 
listen, they don't have to come to you anymore. I don't know if maybe, maybe, maybe we should just wake up and tell ourselves that in the morning. Just look yourself in the mirror, make it part of the routine, whatever it is that you do. Just make sure you take five seconds to say, hey, listen, they don't need to come to talk to me to know what I know. Just think about that, right? Like that does not need to happen, but we need to continue to give them reasons to do that. And, and we've kind of proven over, over and over again. And if you watch Ryan's latest uh, vlog episode of the show, episode, can't remember the number, uh, just released yesterday, the Four Horsemen of the Un Apocalypse or some weird title like that. Nice word, Ryan. I like when people make up words. We don't do it enough. I'm a big fan of making up words. Uh, what's your best made up word? Let's do that real quick. Joey at agencynation.com would love to know. Anyways, off track, off topic. I can't even remember what I was saying. Um, oh, yes. They don't have to come to you, right? But we've proven time and time again that they end up doing that. Why? Well, because, at least for now, there's a lot that they don't understand. And even though they can find out this, they still like the fact that there's a living, breathing human being with a pulse that can tell it to them because there's so much at stake. There's so much at risk. Uh, you know, they just don't want to leave it to chance. And, you know, again, as Ryan suggests in the video that it's kind of the four sectors, the four quadrants, all of us saying, hey, listen, uh, we've got a bonfire, a guitar. Let's hold hands. Kumbaya might be in order. I don't know. But if we kind of do that, then we really give ourselves a much better chance to, to make all of this happen in a way that continues to not just kind of allow it to exist, but kind of catapult itself into like a whole nother level, right? Something that we really haven't seen before because we have gone from this time period where, hey, guess what? They had to call you. They had to come knock on your door to actually get the thing, to know the thing. That doesn't need to happen anymore. But to now live in a space where, where not only do they not have to, but they have to choose to, and they have to choose to be able to do business with you in a way that, at least somewhat resembles the way that they're anticipating doing it in 2018 or whatever year it's going to be. And I think we're, we're slowly, slowly getting there. But again, continuing to demand that expectation, to continue to demand that they actually kind of bend to the way that we want to do things is only going to kind of continue to get us in trouble. And, you know, much like I actually just dropped my video yesterday. I think I said, Ryan, I'm getting, I'm getting myself in trouble recording this. So, Record, spoiler, I recorded day early. I'm sure you didn't figure that out. Anyways, uh, Ryan's video was Tuesday. My video Wednesday podcast that you're listening to Thursday, but I'm recording on Wednesday, so deal with it. <sighs> Dropped my video yesterday with uh, CEO of State Auto, Mike Larocco, talking about, you know, hey, you know, we've got to be able to rethink, reimagine the way that we deliver products and services and have that map to what people want it to look like today. There's not really a choice anymore, and we've we've kind of gotten away with it so far, right? We've gotten away with it this long. We should kind of feel lucky, you know, kind of like all those like people that you see jumping on buildings and doing crazy stuff, and you're just like, this is I can't even sit here and watch this, that kind of thing. That's kind of how we've gotten gotten away with it. And you're just like, man, I don't really want to watch somebody die today, but you do it. You're watching just because. I don't know, there's some sort of dark, twisted place in your brain. You're just watching, but you really just don't want to watch somebody die today. And that's kind of what we have. I want to say it's, it's, it's probably not that bad. All right, I'm just going to pump the brakes on that. It's probably not as bad as watching somebody do like parkour on like, you know, like a, I don't even know how many stories those skyscrapers are, like 50, 60, 70, I don't know, a lot. I'll have to count next time. But really, 
maybe, just maybe, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest challenges that we face is, or that we're letting hold us back, is our lack of confidence, the way that we view our own place in the industry and the industry itself. What holds us back the most is our mentality about our industry. We kind of disregard the insurance industry as something that can be forward thinking because in, you know, leading up to now, we've been a decade behind everybody else in almost every way in customer experience and technology. We've been allowed to be that. And I think that's because you have a lot of risk averse people in the industry because it is a risk management industry. We look at everything through the lens of how can we avoid a loss? How can we avoid this risk? But then I think that's that's kind of translated into other areas of their business. So, ooh, I'm not gonna try out this new technology platform because what if it doesn't work? Or we're not gonna try to cover ride sharing because that seems risky. That's new, we don't, we don't know about it yet. We'll let someone else jump into that first. And I think that mentality is what holds us back the most. It is definitely a a gallon of ice cream in your bedroom on prom night situation, right? It's just one of those things where we feel like we're not supposed to be at the thing because nobody asked us to go. And I believe I have plenty of experience with this in high school. Believe it or not, saddest story I'm going to probably tell that you'll ever hear. Uh, That's not true. Um, Me and my friends, there's the the, the dance that the high schools always do where the girls ask the guys, is this even like a thing still do? Like, I feel like this is even dating. I feel like I'm dating myself and I don't feel like I'm that old. Like, this is like one of those things like, hey, Joey, they don't do that anymore. Uh, But whatever. Um, Anyways, on that dance where like the the girls would ask the guys, uh, me and my friends, none of us ever got asked. So we created what we called loser bowl. Like we'd all go bowling on that night. And then I think junior year, finally, I... um, I, uh, I managed to escape that and my friends were not too happy, but believe me, I definitely know a lot about that uh, as not being the person. And, and so, right. That's the industry, right? Like we feel like we just weren't picked. Like we're not the, the, you know, we're not the uh, popular, uh, you know, financial thing to kind of go to. It's, Hey, I'd rather be the, the stock guy or the financial guy or the banker guy or whatever the other guy is. Right. We have this thing like, or just the thing that somebody kind of has to do. It's like the flea market of financial services, right? It's just a bunch of tables, a whole bunch of things that you're not even sure really should be in the same room together. And there's always a funny smell, no matter where you go, and hot pretzels with nacho cheese, I think. So that's kind of what I think the problem is, right? We're just, we need to understand that, hey, we're definitely not a flea market, uh, for sure. We could probably elevate to maybe you know, at least, at least if we could, you know, at least baby steps viewing ourselves not as a flea market and maybe, you know, maybe a Kmart that's not going out of business. Just let's start there. Let's raise the basement floor to a Kmart that's not going out of business. Then we can maybe work our way up to a Target or a Walmart. Not really sure what fits in between Target, Walmart, and then Amazon. We've got some ways to go. We have some graduating, but let's change that perception, right? Let's Let's increase the the overall self-worth and confidence that we have of ourselves in the industry because it is holding us back. It's preventing us from actually wanting to step out in front. And the people that do it every day, I, I, if I had, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little too excited. I'm recording at a slightly different time. Just had a cup of coffee. It's the only cup of coffee I had, but I feel like I'm a little too jacked up for this, but I'm just going to try and take it down a notch. But It is completely baffling, astonishing. I cannot fully comprehend the number of times that I hear from agents 
who say to me, but Joey, they don't want to learn about insurance. Like it's boring. Like I, I don't want it to be too boring. Like I don't want them to have to listen to me talk about insurance. And one, I guess that's a lack of confidence in the thing that we're doing. We just have to, like, you have to, you have to remember no matter what. Yeah, they probably, it's not like if they had a choice, would you rather do this than that? Again, you know, definitely bedroom ice cream prom night. That's going to happen. I'm sorry. There's no getting around it, right? Just, just own that fact. If they have a choice of something else, probably not you, but we understand that we're still, we're looking, all right, we're climbing up. We're, we're, we're looking, we're trying to make this thing positive. The point that you always have to remember is that they need to know something, right? They need to understand something and they want you, well, preferably you, I would, I would, I'd rather it be you than somebody else. Tell them about it, how to understand it and stepping out in front and just being okay with talking about that stuff, talking about insurance on the internet. Again, going back to last episode, you know, Danny said uh, to be entertaining and educational, right? I did a whole video on this as eating pizza. Uh, well, like one of the first vlog episodes, I think it was the fourth one, how to make better insurance videos. You need to figure out your ratio, right? It's probably going to be like 99% insurance when you get started. That's okay. It could even be 105. I'm not going to judge too much. I promise. But at some point we just need to, you just, you will get better at balancing it out, making it a thing, making it acceptable, making it your own thing, right? Because it is so important for you to find a way to communicate your message, take chances and find a way to make sure people want to talk to you. If you do that, then no one can hold you back. This might spark a level of hate that I'm not sure I'm fully ready to deal with, at least for the people that participate in this possibly questionable activity. And that's a preschool drop-off line. Can we just have a moment to discuss this? I need it to be explained to me because I don't think it makes sense, really on any level, at least the preschool line that is at my daughter's school. This doesn't... I need you to understand what is the objective here because if it's like a I need to save time, definitely not a thing because it's like backed up like 20 deep and I just go park the car, I walk in real quick and I'm out and like that person still, there are people that just sit there and wait to like not have to get out of their car to drop the kid off and I'm like, what are you doing with your life? At this point, it's just really a matter of effort and I, I don't, so if you, my apologies, if you are one, if you are one of these people, I just, I'm, I'm not saying you're a terrible person. I just, I want to understand. Is it actually saving you time? I mean, if you're the first person there, I get it. Like maybe, yes, but I just, it's one more, just one more little thing that says like, see you later, honey. I don't care that much about you. And um, I just, I'm like, what is it? Like walk into the class, like, you know, just take that few minutes, scope out, see what's going on, be in, do the thing and come out. It's just, because here's, here's where I get annoyed, right? This is where it really just goes over the edge for me is when these parents that don't really want to get out of the car, whatever the situation is, it's backed up so far. And I'm parking like so far away from the door. Like it's ridiculous. I should take a picture. Next time. They're actually blocking me from like backing out because I've already gone in and dropped my daughter off. It's back. The cars are like five, seven deep backed up. So I can't back up. And I've just got to wait for their kind of nonsense to take place. And um, I just, I needed to explain to me. 
I don't, I mean, I, all right, so fine. I will give it to you if you have, like, multiple children. If it's, if it's like you're coming to school with, like, a, you know, like a, like a half of a school bus sort of deal, maybe, fine. You don't want to unload everybody. But I feel like it's, it's more of, like, a fun physical challenge double dare style to where it's, like, let's see how, how kind of fast we can do this. I don't know. Joey at Agency Nation, just let's pile it on. I'm just, I'm fully, I, I don't think I'm prepared, actually. I'm not prepared for the backlash that's happening. I just want to under, I need to understand if maybe my, maybe this, maybe I just have the wrong preschool situation. Maybe that's what I've learned over this last two minutes is that I've just got the wrong situation. If it's the only option you have, I know like some kindergartners, like some elementary schools, like you have to like do that thing, which fine, I get. But whatever. When it is an option, is it actually saving you time? Because I feel like it's just really just kind of telling me a little bit about who you are. Joey at agencynation.com. I'm sorry, I don't mean it. I'm just Joey at, uh, joey at agencynation.com.